Welcome to the Humane Humans Podcast, a podcast designed to help you better understand animal shelters, animal control officers, and the animal welfare industry. And now, here are your hosts. With over 23 years of combined experience in the animal welfare industry, animal control professionals, Officer Hildy and Daniel. Welcome to Humane Humans. I am Officer Hildy. And I'm Officer Daniel. Hello, how are you? Good, man. How are you doing? Good. I'm excited to be here doing our first episode. This is exciting. Uh, for those that are listening, tuning in for the first time, thank you for that. And, uh, you know, we're, Hildy and I are super excited to do this. We've been doing a podcast now for a good, what, four months on the Humane Roundup? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So we, we have a good, I think we have a good uh, energy and talk about some fun stuff and having a humane humans is a new endeavor, but I know I'm excited about it. I am as well. Um, what is humane humans, Dan? So humane humans, basically it's a podcast designed to help people better understand animal shelters, animal control officers, and the animal welfare industry. To me, there's a lot of just stereotypes or just people with, I guess not enough information or not enough knowledge of the industries to know what it's really about. So when we sit here today, hopefully we can, you know, really peel back the onion layers, if you will. And so people have a better understanding of really what goes on. We're not what the movie show. We're not what the media shows, all the clickbait out there to get people, you know, looking into it animal shelters, animal welfare organizations, animal protection officers, animal control, animal services do a great, great thing for the communities. Yeah, absolutely. And you said it like, that's why we're here. We, uh, uh, have our humane roundup podcast, which kind of focuses on animal welfare professionals. And when we first started that podcast, we wanted to also try to focus on getting information to the public too, about what it is that we do. But we found out that that doesn't really work. So we separated the two and Humane Humans was born. And we are here to kind of give you all the uh, nitty gritty about animal shelters, animal control, how they operate together and separately. And our hope is to get rid of the negative stigma that surrounds animal shelters or animal control agencies. And we're going to have some fun along the way. A lot of fun, you know, not to take shots at anybody, any movie, any movies that are out there, or any media coverage. That's not our goal. What we really want to do is just show the behind the scenes. And then also, you know, at some point answer questions from the general public, people that, you know, maybe looking to get a dog or a cat or an animal that they want to rescue from a shelter. And maybe we can help those folks. So we're looking forward to those opportunities as well. I guess let's start by telling them who we are and why we're qualified to talk about these things. Let's do it. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You know, I'll, t I'll take the, um, I'll go ahead. Okay. You can save the best for last, man. <laughs> I'll be happy to, to kind of roll it out there. It's going to be lengthy, but it's, uh, it's worth it. So, you know, I, I uh, started in this industry, I would say in 2009 as a volunteer, I got my foot in the door volunteering at a local animal shelter and a wolf sanctuary 
the wolf sanctuary was a just an unbelievable experience. Uh, I was able to go up there quite often on my weekends and the animals that were brought in were maybe parts of, you know, the, the movie industry where, you know, the retiring a wolf used in a television commercial or movie of some sort, something like that. So they would then get retired to the sanctuary or people thought like, Hey, I want to have one of these animals as a pet. If you've never been around a wolf or a wolf hybrid type animal, you don't necessarily know the, the work that goes on along with it. So during that time, you know, I'm volunteering and I'm also working in the media industry doing some just commercial manipulation, if you will. So placing spots onto computer generated systems so that when you're watching television at home, the computers fall where the account executives sold them to their clients. It was a very routine and, and mundane task and just not something that I found passion in. And during that time, I was working very close to an animal shelter and decided to stop on by and see if I could just help do something that there was a purpose behind. And I got, you know, got my foot in the door at that animal shelter doing just pretty much three to five times a week, depending on my schedule at work. I would come down on my lunch break and spend an hour just socializing with animals, cleaning the kennel, uh, you know, coming up and, and helping with customers if necessary. So that was a really cool experience and a good family friend of mine, uh, a little bit around that time, he worked for PETA for a little bit and has done a lot of different things and just, just a very, I, he's kind of like my Yoda, right? He's somebody that, uh, has been a lifelong friend of the family and, I can, you know, if I ever need just sound advice, he's somebody that I can go to and he'll, you know, tell me how it is. And so he was like, man, I, I really think you'd be a great animal protection officer. He, you know, he worked for PETA for a little bit and they did, uh, they did some work with the, I want to say Virginia, some of Virginia's animal control. And this is back in the probably early two thousands, maybe even late nineties. So, he, you know, he explained to me how those officers were and, you know, just thought that I could bring a different element to the industry. So I, I really, you know, took those words to heart and started doing a lot of ride-alongs with that industry or excuse me, with that animal shelter, with their animal control agency. So I did that and slowly, but surely I uh, did some ride-alongs and there weren't many animal control officer jobs opened up in the state of Colorado where I live. Uh, but I got an entry level. So it was a summertime gig where I was going to work about six weeks for the summer, uh, patrolling parks in Northern Colorado to control the dog off leash problem. From there, I went to another County and that was a, uh, temporary position. So there was no benefits or there were no benefits, I should say. And it just, you know, it was a great entry level job. I learned a lot about it about being an animal protection officer and what to expect and, and what to do at that point. And really, you know, really enjoyed it, but knew that I needed to do something more. It was right around the time my first daughter was born and you can't have a, have a job without health benefits at that point. So I, uh, I moved on to a humane society where I actually worked there full time for about a year and left to go to a municipal 
shelter animal protection agency. And I stayed part-time at the Humane Society. So at this point, I'm working on my fourth animal protection agency job within probably two years, which is a lot. But it was the reason it was so many is because a few of those were temporary or a part-time gig. So I stayed on with the Humane Society as a part-time officer, and then I worked full-time for the municipality. I did that for about three and a half years, and then I left that municipality and went up into the mountains and took a job to manage an animal shelter and their animal protection officers. So I did that for about eight to nine months. Uh, however, that didn't work out just due to a lot of political things. You know, I'm I'm not going to place blame. I you know I have to take responsibility for my you know. I guess my actions there, I wasn't perfect, but it just didn't work out. It wasn't something that was good on both ends. And so, uh, thankfully I came back to the municipality that I'm still with today. And it's been almost uh, seven out of eight years now uh, doing this job. And on top of that, I've really created a, an awesome platform of public speaking. I just, uh, gave a lesson to our local police department. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm speaking at the Humane Society of the United States Animal Care Expo in 2020. I do a lot of uh, national speaking, which is really means a lot to me because I can help within the industry changing that image, what we're trying to do here on the talk show so or the podcast, either or. Well, your uh, resume is quite more impressive than mine. And, uh, I guess with that, I'll kind of take over. Um, my jump start into the animal welfare profession started as a community service for high school. Um, I grew up in a small town in Kansas, and we needed a certain amount of hours to graduate from high school. So I chose to do mine at the local Humane Society tiny shelter and I started kind of cleaning up after the animals, scooping litter boxes, those sort of things. Um, I was a grade ahead. I, I skipped. I don't remember what grade, but I was kind of a smarty pants and I skipped the grade. So I, uh, yeah, That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> so I, uh, was, was too young to actually work at the animal shelter. So they, uh, didn't have me interacting a whole lot with the animals, but the following year I turned 16, um, and they hired me and I was able to, um, actually work there at the shelter. So I was, uh, interacting with the animals, still cleaning, doing laundry, those sort of things. And I also got to start participating in event planning and those sort of things, which I'm sure we will talk about because that's uh, one of my big uh, passions. And I think my dream job, not that I uh, don't like my current job as an animal control officer, um, but I think my dream job would be like just a, an event coordinator person for some sort of animal organization. But Anyways, I uh, started working there at the Humane Society, doing event planning, cleaning, um, laundry, all those sort of things. That kind of transpired into me working at a large animal shelter in Las Vegas. Uh, I graduated high school, moved out to Las Vegas with my older sister, and I started working at a um, 
large animal shelter there. Uh, I had just turned 18 and I got hired to be a kennel supervisor there. So that was uh, quite an experience for me. I was managing 18 to 22 people a day, all who were at least um, twice my age. Um, that might be an exaggeration, but they were all older than me and clearly knew that I did not know what the hell I was doing. But <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I got through it. I learned a lot. I um, became friends with them. I am a strong believer that uh, intimidation uh, does not gain respect of people. And so I was able to not only have a, a friendship with my employees, but when they knew when it was time to work, it was time to work. When it was time to joke around and be friends, it was time to joke around and be friends. So um, I worked at the large animal shelter there. Um, we saw about 50,000 animals per year when I was working there, and their numbers are down today, but it was quite insane there. Uh, from there, I winded up here in California, where I currently live in uh, Northern California. I worked at a zoo, the Folsom Zoo, and um, I did um, some work in the ticket booth. I did some work in the gift shop. I did a little bit of uh, zookeeping. Some of the uh, animals I took care of were um, squirrel monkeys, macaques, uh, wolf hybrid, an actual wolf, um, some domestic animals like some horses, some other uh, animals such as zebus and Barbados sheep, and um, there's actually some deer there at the zoo um, that are were orphaned or whatever the case may be, but. There, those are just some of the animals that I helped take care of. And then in 2015, I became an animal control officer and I haven't turned back since. So um, I've been in the industry since 2006. Um, so I think, what is that, 14 years? That's awesome, man. That's a, yeah. great, that's a so, great experience to, to have. What's your most memorable moment in the industry? You know, I, I would have to say um, being able to work with the deer at uh, the zoo was quite a enchanting, magical experience. Because, you know, people rarely see deer to begin with. They're kind of an elusive animal. And sometimes you might see them on the side of the road or running through a field or whatever. But um, no one ever really gets to, like, interact with them and pet them and feed them out of your hand, those sort of things. So the deer um, there at the zoo, um, like you said, have been orphaned or whatever the case may be. So they winded up there. They're domesticated i'm doing air quotes and uh it's really cool because they're just like um if i had to compare them to an animal like a horse or a dog like they're just like very social and um they like to rub up on you and they like to be pet and they That's like awesome. snacks and so i i would have to say that because they are um i don't know it's just like a a rare opportunity that a lot of people don't get so that would for sure be mine. Awesome. Yeah. So I shortened my story up a little bit so we didn't bore you guys, but um, <laughs> that's just a little bit about myself as we kind of go through these episodes. Um, more stories and more about us will come out, I'm sure. Definitely. To get back to why we are doing this, like I said, we, um, 
want to get rid of the stigma that surrounds animal shelters and animal control officers or animal control agencies. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard it, and Dan and I hear this on a daily basis, that um, animal control officers just like want to take people's dogs away and take them to the shelter and kill them, or uh, that animal shelters just euthanize animals after a few days or a certain period of time. And while some of that may be true, as far as some shelters euthanizing animals after a certain amount of days, yes, that happens in different parts of the country that have a lot of animals coming in. Like I mentioned when I was kind of giving my brief bio, when I worked at the animal shelter in Vegas, we saw 50,000 animals a year come through wow. the shelter. So, so I mean, so many, so many. And <sighs> I mean, we have to put them somewhere. And if they're not getting adopted, they're not going out to rescues. Um, some, something's got to happen with them. Uh, the shelter was the like main drop off point for, uh, animal control in Las Vegas, um, which is Clark County, the city of Las Vegas and the city of North Las Vegas. So we can't, we couldn't tell animal control, no, we're full. You have to take the animal somewhere else. Like the somewhere else was us. So, um, that, that happened a lot in, and daily at the shelter. Um, so we will uh, talk a little more about that in the coming episodes and uh, why those decisions are made. Why um, isn't there some other place for those animals to go? Uh, like, why isn't there another alternative? So we'll touch on some of those whys moving forward. But um, basically, we just kind of want to rewrite all of the things that you've heard about animal control and animal shelters, um, we will be able to give you firsthand knowledge about what goes on. Actually, um, we're going to have some speakers on throughout the episodes, um, animal welfare professionals, uh, people that have started nonprofit groups that support animal shelters, other um, prominent people within the animal welfare industry, um, volunteers at animal shelters. So we're going to have a wide variety of people on the show to kind of talk about how things actually are, um, why things are the way they are, things that you can do to get involved to help out with uh, animal shelters or animal control in your community, and so much more. Like it, It's a very complex system, kind of, and... We want to tell you all about it. And I, I really want to encourage people to, to tune in, to look for us, you know, weekly and to provide feedback. If you've, you know, if you have an interest in animals, if you own an animal, if you, you know, I like to refer to them as family members too. So if you have a pet, you know, cat, dog, or snake, a hamster, turtle, whatever it may be, you know, that's a, that's a family member to you. And we respect that. And we really want to highlight the good and you know we can talk about some of the stigmas and and some of the negative things that have gone on in the industry you know the the dog catcher did exist it's not a fiction fictional character uh it it did wait 
that's not right. It's not a non-fictional character. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> uh, so the the reality is, you know, there was a dog catcher, and you know, yeah, why was it the dog catcher? And and you'll hear me often refer to us as animal protection officers. That's something that I strongly stand behind. Uh, there's there's kind of a I, w- I would say not necessarily a movement at this time, uh, but there, you know, there is many names that we are referred to, whether it's animal control, animal protection, animal services, animal welfare, humane officer, et cetera, et cetera. I just feel like animal control is very associated or synonymous with the old time ways of doing things, the old dog catcher way. And, you know, we don't need to control anything at this point. You know, we're here to protect to protect people from animals and animals from people. I mean, that's a huge statement, right? Whether that's disease control, whether that's animal cruelty, whether that's a dangerous dog attacking your pet or your family member, those type of things. And so it's important for us to, you know, just be transparent through this podcast and, you know, hang in there with us. It's the first one. Uh, we have a lot of exciting things coming and uh, don't, you know, uh, don't, uh, I would say just don't disc get discouraged by one episode and think like, well, they didn't really tell me much. We wanted to lay the foundation. We want you to know that here's who we are. Here's what we're planning on doing. And as you tune in in the coming weeks, I think you'll kind of get that that feel of the podcast moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. So um, before we go, I do want to say a few things. Uh, January is National Train Your Dog Month. January is also Unchain a Dogma. So um, just a little history behind this. In 1996, the USDA called uh, tethering inhumane to continuously confine um, a dog by a tether. And kind of since then, there's been a lot of legislation and laws coming um, into effect. And really quick, the reason behind that, so people know, you know, dogs are descendants of wolves wolves have an instinct to seek or to roam if you will and being restricted on a cord or a tether or a chain uh, causes a lot of behavioral issues in our animals in our dogs so it's one of the reasons there they decided to, to to pass that legislation and i think a lot more cities and counties are looking into it as well and even states california has something similar is that isn't that correct hildy yeah, absolutely. Um, in California, it's uh, illegal for a dog to be tethered to a stationary object for longer than three hours in a 24-hour period. And um, some cities and counties have more restrictive laws. So in the city that I work in, it is illegal to tether your dog for more than two hours within a 24-hour period. And last but not least, January is also National Walk Your Dog Month. So these are all from uh, nationaltoday.com. And so a fun fact about uh, a dog walking story, I guess, is what you would call it. Um, In 2011, uh, the largest dog walk was organized in the UK. It was called the Great North Dog Walk, and 22,742 dogs um, were involved in that walk. So that's super cool. Um, Some ways that you can observe 
uh, walk your dog month is maybe changing up your walking route so your dog's got some new things to sniff and see and discover. Uh, maybe go on a doggy date with a friend, a doggy date walk with a friend. Um, and then it is January, so it's a little chilly, so maybe throw a sweater on your dog or something just to mix it up. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Outside of that, you can find us on social media. We are Humane Humans Podcast on pretty much all the social medias, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, on Instagram, you can, because there are other people um, that call themselves Humane Humans. So on uh, Instagram, you can actually find us um, at Humane Humans Podcast. And someone stole that even on Twitter. So on Twitter, we are actually Humane Podcasts, at Humane Podcasts. But also, if you just search Humane Humans Podcast, you should be able to find us on any of those. So uh, give us a follow, um, shoot us a message, tell us how do you like this first episode. Um, please share this with any of your um, friends, like maybe you're a, a volunteer at an animal shelter or maybe you're thinking about volunteering at an animal shelter. So um, share this with your friends or anyone else that is as crazy about animals as you are. And um, we've got plenty more coming your way. Absolutely. And you can always follow my pages on Instagram and Facebook as well. That's Animal Protection Officer Daniel on both of those. Animal Protection Officer Daniel. And I can link you to the podcast as well. So we really look forward to the up and coming episodes that we're going to do and, you know, have, have some really good topics lined up. And I think it's going to be a fun, a really fun, you know, part of your week, quick half hour where you can just engage and, you know, understand more about our industry. And if you're, you know, just someone who loves animals, loves pets, etc., it's great to have you listening. If you're someone who wants to get started in the industry, I think we both have come from a unique kind of background Hildy so we can give some good insight on that as well yeah absolutely and uh, like Daniel said I'm also on all of the social media so anywhere you search Officer Hildy you should be able to find me um, Facebook, Instagram Twitter also if you want to email us if there's anything you would like to hear us talk about on the show or questions you might have you can reach out to us on our social media or you can email us humanehumanspodcast at gmail.com. I think that's all we got for you today. Keep it humane. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Humane Humans Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to Humane Humans wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And while you're at it, give us a rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Humane Humans Podcast and Twitter at Humane Podcast. See you next week.